How's it going, you guys? It is another episode of Up at 3 a.m. And this week we're talking a little look into the deep dive, especially a first look into the new Dune movie, which would be pretty exciting. Along with some some more delays, of course, to that pesky T virus, and a little a little look into, as usual, what I'm watching this week. So let's get into it, shall we? Hello, once again, you guys. It is your host, Paco Salazar. It is 4.28 on a nice, cool Saturday morning. Uh, pretty clear outside. Um, uh, and yes, you heard me right. It is 4.20. Oh, now 4.29. There's no three in that first spot, which I'm working on. I'm working on. Don't get me wrong. But I got caught up in a, in a little movie watching, so I'm sorry about that. But then again, I don't think it really matters to you guys, since you're probably listening to this at, like, I don't know, the early afternoon, sometime late at night, or sometime in the night. I don't know. But it is what it is. I'm putting it on myself. Anyway, let's get it going. It is up at 3 a.m. How are you guys doing? Um, there's quite a bit of news. Although I'll bite some quick little headlines. Uh, according, well, to my taste anyway. And so, yeah, let's get into it. Well, the big story, I guess you could say, big headline that I that I took into took notice to was there was finally our first look slash our first our first look at the new uh, Dune movie. Directed by Denis, oh, I'm gonna fuck up his name. The Villeneuve, Villeneuve, I think it's something like that. He's French, you know. <laughs> but I love his work. Um, I had heard about this. Well, this movie's been in process for a long time, you know. Um, it's switched back and forth between directors. Eventually, found it some with with Denis, and um, it's very it's a very influential sci-fi story. It is one of like the works that's that George Lucas cites as like as inspiration for Star Wars, um, based on the nineteen the, like I said the nineteen sixty five novel written by Frank Herbert. It follows Paul Atreides. He's the heir to the, to the Leto Atreides as him and his family relocate to the planet of Archives, which is the universe's only source of the spice melon, which is like their form of currency or some special like thing they have. And if you weren't aware. Um, it was this was already adapted into a film and TV series. The film was directed by David Lynch. Um, at the time of its opening, it had received quite mixed, muddled <laughs> reviews. Robert, of infamous Roger Ebert saying that it was a mess, but over time, it's grown a cult following. Um, oh, not to mention it, all, it was also hated by the people who are like loyal to the book. But then again, you have you have the fear for that when you're adapting something. Um, but yeah, and then the channel Sci-Fi had it as a TV series that was uh, still pretty flawed, but it was doing better than the, the TV show. I mean, the TV show, the David Lynch movie. But yeah, so this has been in development for quite a for quite some time, and uh, finally found its home. And we didn't there weren't there wasn't really any news of like like we sure we had the uh, the cast there was cast announcements when they started filming and stuff, but there was no official look look. But then Tuesday, uh, via Vanity Fair, they had like a three-part thing on on Dune, and uh, they dropped some images. Some of Timothy Chalamet, he's playing the lead, and I'm telling you, it looks badass <laughs> for better for lack of a word. And I mean, and it's a stacked cast too. I mean, Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Zendaya, um, Josh Brolin. I mean, it's it's a it's a very stacked cast, very talented cast at that too, and I'm not gonna lie, I didn't ever, 
I've heard of Dune. I know some things about it, but I'm not like 100% like on top of it. Like, oh yeah, this, this, and this, and that. You know, like I can't name you like as a key like plot to the movie or the book or anything. You know, and I've seen parts of the old school movie as well and stuff. Um, so when this came out, I was not. I well, I I guess I'm. I have the 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 essence of being able to go in and sort kind of blind just looking at it from like a story point not looking at it from the ip it's based off but yeah the pictures look really cool you get better looks at all these characters um also what came out of it is that it's gonna be it is revealed that it will, it's gonna be a two-part film instead of just like the one big movie because as Villeneuve himself stated it is he believes it's too too complex for just one film there's a lot of story and as far as i'm concerned the book is a dense a dense story uh there's it's a, it's a big world, massive world, um, so it makes sense that they were to go two parts for it, and the audience is there for it. So I'm not surprised. You know, it's probably, it's probably gonna make. I would hope it makes decent money at least. And of course, it'll be scored by Hans Zimmer of you know Inception, The Dark Knight trilogy, Blade Runner 2049, which Villeneuve also directed. But also coming out of this is that uh, a show is also in the word in the works set for HBO Max, which is HBO's version of their streaming service. Which will also be directed by Villeneuve and will serve as a prequel to the twenty the, the film coming out, which I think is interesting because I wasn't aware that a show was uh, going on. As of right now, there isn't like I think they have plans for I don't know if production to start next spring, and as of right now, there's no there's no cast announcements or anything like that. It's just uh, it's gonna it's here. It's gonna be a prequel and it's gonna it's gonna be on HBO Max. Well, what's interesting is that it's gonna be directed by Villeneuve himself. Which, um, as far as I'm concerned, I don't, I don't believe he's had any foray in the TV like that. So this is going to be exciting to have him direct. Or I don't know if, like, he'll, it'll be like he'll direct all the episodes. Or maybe he'll direct a couple and then hand off the camera to someone else. Um, but, yeah. Like I said, I'm going I'm going into this blind. I look, I'm excited because it looks like uh, a dense new world to explore. It sounds like a like a it has interest rich rich story material rich stuff to go through, and um, I'm a real I'm a huge fan of Villeneuve. You know, I love I love I love his works. I'm a big fan of of him, and I don't knock on wood, but I don't I don't want to jinx it or anything. But he's made almost everything he's made has been like a banger. Every a banger after banger from his early stuff to his most recent things like Enemy Prisoners, um, Sicario. Blade Runner 2049. It's just been banger after banger from him. So I'm very excited and and hyped that he's he's involved in this. Now switching on to some lighter notes, I guess. We had a couple anniversaries this week. One being the 20th anniversary of American Psycho, which has a staple in the horror cinema. Horror? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, horror. Not only being a controversial at the time. Um, I personally, uh, I enjoy the movie. I'm not saying it holds like a special place in my heart or anything. But I've reached, I've watched it. I see its influential properties. It's quotable at some points, you know. You know everything from you like Huey Lewis in the news. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In '87, Huey released this for their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is "Hip to Be Square." A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics. But they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of friends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul, 
so yeah, it was nice to hear from that from the director Mary Harron going on on things about how Jerry, uh, not Jerry, Jared Leto's part in the in the movie was was um improvised. Well, his reaction in it was was improvised. Uh, like apparently, uh, they rehearsed that the axe murder scene for quite some time, and Jared Leto was never there. He was never there, and so the day of they shot it, when Christian Bale calls out, I was like, hey, Paul, and then Jerry Lito's genuinely shocked. So I thought that was interesting to hear. But yeah, 20th anniversaries, props to them. Influential movie. Also uh, garnering attention is, it's th- this week was also the 10-year anniversary of Kick-Ass, which, damn, that makes me feel old. I mean, I was, well, both of these make me feel old, because I was around for American Psycho. I was small but i was around for it and then kick-ass i was high in prime there and kick-ass once again i'm not saying it holds a special place in my heart or anything but um i was i was kind of influenced by it i really liked it when it came out uh i remember the controversy surrounded it mainly because chloe grace Moretz, who plays hate girl was like i don't know like maybe on like around 10 maybe maybe a little bit no yeah like 10 or 11 or some shit and she's out here like cussing and stuff, and all the Karens of the world are like, "Oh my gosh, she's she's cussing. She's too young for that." I mean, shut up, Karen. And then probably one of my favorite Nick Cage Nick Cage performance to this date. Um, but yeah, great movie. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, let's move on uh, from our headlines and little little anniversary checks and take into some some quick bites, shall we? then moving on into our quick bites or quick little stories and no i am not taking that from quibi which is short for quick bites hey are any of y'all using quibi i just i thought about it but i don't know something about it i don't i don't well i'm not saying i'm not like against it but i'm not for it either i mean granted there were some things on there that i thought looked interesting like this one show called the stranger that's our dane dahan and uh, i'm gonna mess up her name it's michael monroe that's what it is from the guest that that show looked interesting. Um, there was like a thing, one or two things that I thought were cool. Anyway, Quibi, I would, I'm not going to use it. Probably not unless something mind-blowing happen, shows up or something. But I'm not using Quibi right now. Anyway, moving on. Now, in our in a world struck by the T-virus. Yes, I'm sticking to T-virus. Because I don't need no Cardi B, Cardi B memes playing in my head or anything. Guess what, bitch? Outlets or more studios, maybe a lot. There's well, we're relying we're relying a lot on streaming. It's safe to say, in this time, and some studios have taken it up uh, among themselves to to um make their films, I guess, more accessible in these times. Like uh, focus features. I think every Monday they've been trying to do, or they've been for a little bit. They've been showing movies, like live streaming, like on Facebook. On like their YouTube channel, like the other day, it was Moonrise. They showed Moonrise Kingdom. For what they showed last week, and then this week, I think they're supposed to show Mallrats. That's on Mondays, and then there's a channel on YouTube called Alter, which is like a horror-based channel where they show short horrors and stuff. Well, they do right now. They're they're starting a series where they're going through history of horror, I guess, and they're showing 
a horror movie about every Friday, about every Friday from like a different time period. So this Friday was the kickoff of it, and they showed Nosferatu, which was nice to nice to see. Um, other places too are like, oh, live tweet along is like, um, yeah. Other other studios are encouraging those types of like live tweet alongs with like the directors or stars or stuff. Like, um, who does the Godzilla movies? I want to say Lionsgate, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, no, it's not Lionsgate. It's a different company. I can't think. I can't think of it right now. But like they're doing live tweet alongs of the Godzilla movies um, every Thursday. I believe so. Last week they did Godzilla with the director Gareth Edwards. This week they did Kong Skull Island, and then next week I believe it's King of the Monsters. But anyway, studios are doing a lot of cool shit with streaming and stream alongs as of late because of the certain T virus. Um, so yeah, but some someone to join that is Lionsgate. They're doing free stream alongs as well, kind of like in the vein of Focus Features, and they're starting it for about the next month. Yeah, for about it's in the last about the next month, and they're going to be doing them every Friday. As uh, yesterday, they started with the Hunger Games live live stream along on Facebook and YouTube and stuff, and I believe next week is Dirty Dancing, followed by La La Land, and then John Wick. I think that's the schedule. I'm not 100% sure. And it's being hosted by Jamie Lee Curtis in a, like, in like a Turner Classic movie type sense where the guy, that one guy would introduce the movies. Um, so yeah, so she's like, uh, so they're trying to bring back that sort of idea or like that feeling going back to the movies uh, in this, in this uh, virus-stricken world that we're living in. So that's kind of cool. Uh, personally, I didn't tune into it. I'm waiting on the La La Land one because, surprise, surprise, I haven't seen La La Land yet. I've seen clips and stuff, but I haven't watched it in its entirety. So, yeah, I'm waiting on that one. But then again, I have other movies i got to get around to, but that's that'll come later. Anyway, moving along. Criterion Collection, if you don't know, which is like a very respected, highly esteemed um, movie. Uh, how do I put this? Movie collection type? No. Movie... Yeah, movie archive type thing in a way. They have their own streaming service called Criterion Channel where they go through. I don't want to say they're just artsy, arts, art house type based. They have their occasional like um, black sheep in there too. But anyway, um, they're really popular. It's it's kind of cool to have like one of those, one of their movies in their in your collection. Um, for me personally, I have two. I have uh, the movie Stalker which I'll get into at some point. And I have Night of the Living Dead. And what's cool about Criterion is that it's not just, sure, it's like another DVD and stuff, and it might have their logo on it, but it it uh, but it but always comes with, like, packed with, like, bonus features or some, like, behind-the-scenes type stuff or, like, discussions about the movie. Kind of in the vein of, like, Arrow Video, where they always, they'll have special type releases and they'll have, like, a bunch of special stuff for it. But Criterion Collection is a little more art house, in my opinion. Like I said. It's not like that. But anyway, moving along, what I'm trying to say is, is that they announced um, a new a new arrival to their collection coming in, oh, I believe, July 14th, around, and that is Bruce Lee's His Greatest Hits is what it's called, and it's a seven-disc collector set that will include 4K restorations of The Big, Bo- of the Big Boss, Fist of Fury, Game of Death, and The Way of the Dragon, along with a 2K restoration of Enter the Dragon, but the rarely seen 99-minute 1973 theatrical version, along with a 102-minute special edition. And along with that, there's, like, a mini-documentary about him 
there's films in his life going with his like his family a bunch of cool special features um for me that's an instant cop that's something i gotta have in my collection um it'd be a really nice piece to have and how why would you not want something of like a collection of bruce lee movies you know he had such an influence I don't even have to tell you this, but he was, had such an influential um, touch on the world. He changed the way of martial arts films for his time. Um, side note, great. Uh, if you want to look in more into this, there's a great documentary called Kung Fu Fist and Iron, Iron Kicks and Kung Fu. No, Kung Fu Fist and Iron Kicks on Netflix right now, I believe. Um, that goes, it's a documentary that basically goes through like the history of like martial arts and films and stuff and they do a good a good a good amount of like discussing how we got or how bruce lee helped change that but then again there's plenty of other there's a bunch of stuff out there saying how he helped change martial arts cinema in that time but anyway criterion props to them shout out to them for bringing this this great great collector set that's on its way in july moving on a little bit of delays delay news uh, the Pixar movie Soul that was supposed to start that stars Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey, and it was originally scheduled for June nineteenth, but has now moved to November twentieth. And originally, oh no, and then in November, on November twenty fifth, they had originally scheduled Raya and the Last Dragon, which followed um, uh, a warrior named Raya taking on a sinister force with the last remaining dragon in her land, um, something like a new f- fantasy original type story. That was scheduled for November 25th, but has now moved to March 12th of next year. So, sucks on them. Stupid T-Virus. Also, in an interesting development, Joel Cohen, the other half of the, one half of the Cohen brothers, is taking a a solo, a solo route for his next film, which is another adaptation of Macbeth, but with a slight little twist. this, This time it's being called The Tragedy of Macbeth. And it's starring Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington in the leading roles. Um, they they had they did a little I believe there was a Q and A they did on Instagram live and or I'm not, no I don't remember they're answering questions for someone and they brought up the next project and yeah and they stated that it'd be more of kind of like a clicking like a ticking clock thriller which is an interesting take if you're bringing Shakespeare into that um and that usually. The Macbeths are a little, because if you look at Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington, they're a little on the older side, you know. And Macbeth is a slight, kind of younger than than their ages, and so the fact that they're they're older in this story adds kind of like a ticking clock sense of yeah, like they're 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 getting old, um, and that their time is like limited now. Um, they also mentioned that the music would have play heavily into that as well. To give that sense of like urgency, I guess. Um, so there's no release date on yet on that yet. I don't believe they have started shooting it, but it's coming. So yeah, but Joel Cohen's directing, Francis McDormand, Denzel Washington are great, are great actors. So to have them in the leads is gonna be great. And the fact that A twenty A twenty four is back in the movie has has me sold already. So I'm there for it. I'm excited for what's to come from that. Moving um cons the cons film festival as i mentioned i believe next week they didn't have plans to go digital well now here we are and they have they're looking into an online program that will go up that will go on about around june 20 june 22nd to the 26th and it'll appear it'll appeal towards investors and studios and buyers to show off like films that were supposed to be or whatnot 
So as so I guess Khan's can see a win-win situation in all this and decided to go online, which props to them. I mean, like I said, as I went on last 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 week about it, like I feel online gives more more wiggle room to like uh get the films to people. Maybe people who can't make the festival um can check it out. And I don't mean like just people going to it, but I mean like the the investors and the buyers. Uh, maybe a certain person wanted to go, and now, and then now they can't make it. But maybe they can. But now they can get the movie online or check, speak through it online and stuff. You know. Um. So yeah, it's interesting to see that cons made that move, but you know more power to them. Also, in more delay news, delays about the de- the de- yeah delays. Um, the sci-fi thriller Infinite, directed by Antoine Fuqua of, uh, was it Training Day, Equalizer. The Equalizer movies, Denzel Washington, um, which was which with this one starring Mark Wahlberg, was originally set to come out August seventh this year, but has now moved to May twenty eighth of twenty twenty one. Infinite is based on the two thousand nine novel The Reincarnationist Papers, which centered on a group of near immortal men and women who are reincarnated over centuries, and they're known as the Infinite. So that's that's cool to hear. One, I'm excited to hear that Antoine Fuqua was back in making a new project, and that he's working with Mark Wahlberg. I think it's going to be an interesting pairing. And the fact that it's a sci-fi movie has me a little more intrigued as well to see what Antoine Foucault can bring to to the genre. So that's cool. And then the SpongeBob movie, SpongeBob, no, not SpongeBob of Water. That's the second one. Uh, I forget the title, but the next SpongeBob movie sequel was origi- will now open on August 7th of this year instead. Um... I'll probably go watch it. I saw the first two. I saw the first one came out a while ago. It feels like a hot minute since that came out. But that one came out a long time ago. Um, I watched it. Loved it. David Hasselhoff cameo. Perfect. Um, Scarlett Johansson as Mindy the Mermaid. I think it was her name, Mindy. Mindy the Mermaid. Great movie. The second one, just as fun as well. So this one has my interest. And Keanu Reeves playing uh, Sage. I mean, that's... You have me sold right there. <laughs> anyway, you can't tell. I like SpongeBob. So yeah, that's that's been delayed. Um, and then just slight confirmation. Uh, it was reported a couple like a month month or two ago that Scott Derrickson, well Scott Derrickson, has stepped away from the Doctor Strange sequel, and it was reported that Sam Raimi might be in the talks. Wasn't talks to direct the sequel, but now this week in a Q and A. He casually confirmed that yes, he will be directing Doctor Strange Two, which is now opening on November fifth, twenty twenty one. It was slated for sometime early, mid, mid early, yeah, like mid twenty twenty one, but now moved to November. But no, but it's exciting to hear that Sam Raimi's in this director's seat because if you don't remember, he gave us the original Spider Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire, and Spider Man Two is probably one of the best superhero movies of all time, hands down. You cannot change my mind on that. Um, the first one was a classic for nostalgia purposes. The third one, it was kind of a misstep. Did it have its moments? Mm, eh, kinda. Debatable. Um, was there plenty of meme content in it, though? Damn right there was. But, so yeah, but the second one, the second one just had so much going for it, and it just hit so much of the right notes. The acting was on performance. The action was amazing, giving us probably one of the more iconic sequences of the century. Or decade. No, not decade. We'll say century. (laughs) 
so far of the last yeah, of the last twenty years. Uh, there, how about that? One of the more iconic sequences of the last twenty years, in, in which I mean the subway scene, the whole carefully he's a hero type thing, you know. But anyway, yeah. So the fact that he's getting back into it, he's getting back into Marvel, and is like, hey, directing Doctor Strange. I think that he could have. It's gonna be really cool to see what he brings to this, especially after the trippy psychedelic visuals of the first Doctor Strange, and also I feel Doctor Strange is probably one of the more underrated movies of the MCU. Um, had really cool visuals. I thought it was a really good time. But then again, debatable depending on who I ask. Anyway, but that doesn't matter. But yeah, Sam Raimi, I'm down. I'm here for it. Also, in development news. Another a new adaptation coming out from Universal of the Green Hornet, which I think is pretty interesting to hear. Uh, if you're not aware, the Green Hornet was at first uh, popular radio shows back in like the 30s, late 30s, early 40s. No, but no, I think it was like uh, around the time of the 30s, and then it became movie, little movie serials in the 40s, and then of course the, the 1966 TV show that introduced Bruce Lee to to the U.S., or at least the Western world, at least. Um, and then the not-so-hot 2011 adaptation that had Seth Rogen in it. Um, okay, honestly, though, I have... I think there was potential there. I think it's because they went a little... Because it was Seth Rogen and his partner, Evan Goldberg, writing the, mo- writing the movie. I guess they tried to lean a little too much into the comedy side. Could it have worked? Yeah, it could have. But it didn't. It didn't. Although I will give it props to introducing me to the idea of the Green Hornet. Um, well, granted, I was young when it came out. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, cool comedy and stuff. But then it led me onto a rabbit hole of like, oh, shit, Bruce Lee was actually Kato in like TV show and stuff. So like, I'll give it props to that for in- introducing me to the Green Hornet. Um, but yeah, Universal is looking to adapt, adapt a new, adapt it, call, calling it the Green Hornet and Kato. It's currently like looking... Uh, I believe it, they're still looking around for for names to get onto it. But yeah, that's in development now, which I think is pretty pretty cool. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they take the Green Hornet and apply it to this this generation. Uh, so there's that. Also, in a little more development news, there, Jennifer Lopez is set to star in a drama called The Godmother, which follows the story of Colombian drug lord Griselda Blanco and her way up the ladder. Um, in her time, she was worth $2 billion. She was also a key player in the Cocaine Cowboy Wars uh, in Miami through the 70s and 80s. Just another fancy word for the drug war that happened in Miami back then. Um, and they're looking for Reed Morano to direct. Well, she's in talks with the director. Uh, Reed Morano, she's done some episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. Handmaiden? Hand, yeah, Handmaiden's Tale. Um, recently, she did The Rhythm Section starring Blake Lively. Um and there were some interesting moves in that. So I think this will be really cool. And considering the drama and it's coming from the studio STX Films, which uh, were in charge of Hustlers last year. And as we all know, that should have gotten J-Lo her first. Oh, that was, was it her first? No, I don't think it was her first Oscar nom. Anyway, should have gotten her an Oscar nom, but did it? No, sadly. Um, so the fact that there's a really good story that can be told here. I think J-Lo could probably tap into um, that charisma she has into this more dramatic work. And I I trust the hands of Reed, uh, Reed Morano. So I think this could be a really good, this could be an interesting drama that come out. It could be maybe another Oscar contender. Maybe you'll get um, 
J-Lo that Oscar that she deserves. So, so yeah. And then I guess a bigger, a bigger news story to come out is that J.J. Abrams and his production company Bad Robot struck a deal with HBO Max to bring some new projects to the to the to the service. Among them, Justice League Dark, uh, which which is a sub a subside of DC, where it was practically like more of the supernatural based characters, like being their own thing and like fighting the more supernatural elements of the D- of the DC universe. Um, uh, with characters such as John Constantine, Deadman, Satana, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so that so that that's being developed into a TV show. Um, I think it's be really cool. Justice League Dark had a had a pretty I would say a successful run, comically wise, and then it got turned into an animated movie, which was all right, and it has a sequel development, I believe. And so I'm pretty hyped for that. I'm pretty interested to see. Where they go, because I think it's live action as well. So it'd be interesting to see where they go. Like I said, there's, like I said, there's a lot of source material there that they can tap into, and bringing to light more of the, like, like the supernatural side of, of the DC. Kind of like how, Doctor Strange introduced more of the magic sense, the multiverse sense of, of the MCU. Because if you look at it, like. Because for a while in the MCU, it was just like, oh, space and aliens and all this and that. But then, and then Guardians of the Galaxy expanded that more. And it's like, oh, yeah, space and this and that. But then Doctor Strange came out and introduced magic and was like, oh, yeah, like sorcery, the sorcery of the time, the time bending, you know, multiverses and shit like that. So I think Justice League Dark could do what, the, what like, what, like, Doctor Strange did and bring the sense because DC wise, we have, like, the normal like uh the normal stuff of like you know like Batman, Wonder Woman and all that. Um so it'd be it'd be cool to see and more of the DC Universe tried uh going deeper with like Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing. So it'd be nice to see where Justice League Dark goes. And may and to see if maybe I would assume they're gonna be connected to the DC in some way. Like the D not the DC EU but more like the T V the Splash because CW has been have has had a, a long run a little successful run at that with DC, you know, they have Arrow or had Arrow, I believe it it ended not too long ago. But Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, um, Supergirl, Black Lightning, uh, who's a new girl they just got? Was it Star Girl? Something like that. And then recently they had Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I heard did pretty well. I, I'm not really a big, I tried getting into the shows, but I feel like it was too late. It was like too late in this. I was. It was already like three seasons in, and I was like, mm, "Do I want to?" Because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I have a short attention span when it comes to TV shows. I gotta be hooked. I gotta be hooked. I gotta be invested. I gotta be there, like on it, you know. Um. But anyway, they're also they're also uh, bringing a. Uh. Uh, the sh- a show based on The Shining. Well, it'll be like a prequel sort of series to The Shining called Overlook, which will follow the untold stories of the Overlook Hotel and will be a TV show. Um, and granted, Stephen King has been having a quite, a, quite a a hit streak. I guess you call it a hit streak as of late, especially after It Chapter 1 came out back in 2017. You know, it's been... Uh, they're very profitable, you could say, you know? And you have, like, the Netflix ones, like 1922, Gerald's Game... Um, what else? And then it chapter two came out last year. Um, 
there's a lot of stuff. Not to mention all the stuff that's in development for based on his works as well. Oh, but also the success of Doctor Sleep last year. Well, the, also again debatable and depends on you ask. But Doctor Sleep was very underseen at the box at the box office, you could say. Um, it didn't really break that much money, which is sad because it was a great movie, and I stand by that. But anyway, so yeah, it'll be interesting where a prequel series would go, and they're also bringing uh, a show called Duster, which sounds to be an original story, um, coming from J.J. Abrams himself. Uh, it's a story following the life of a getaway driver for a crime syndicate in the 1970s Southwest, and of course, until they get they get turned into some shit, and life is not so good from there on. So that'll be interesting to see. So yeah, in fact, J.J. Uh, Abrams decides to have faith in HBO Max, I think is a good sign. Then again, HBO has usually uh, has had a quite quite a run late. Granted, Game of Thrones isn't that hot, but they had Watchmen recently. They also had The Outsider recently. Um, but they've been they're 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 a good they're a good place to trust. So the fact that David Abrams has faith in HBO Max, I think, is a very also a strong selling point for HBO Max. That like, hey, we got J.J. Abrams and his company wanted to do shit with us. So it's like, oh, okay, people want to invest into it and shit. And to all the nerds out there, you, well, I guess you could say broken by the news, but for the first time in about 50 years, Comic-Con has been canceled. Has been canceled. One of the biggest events, maybe not just in comic book or nerd culture, but like in general, has been canceled, which was, I believe, originally stated for around June or July. Um, It comes in the wake of Governor of California, Gavin Newsom. He... They came out saying that a lot of large-scale events where like hundreds or even thousands of people show up were probably not uh, in the cards for the foreseeable future. As in like, oh yeah, June, July, which is when Comic-Con took place. And for the longest time, they weren't, I think they had considered postponing, but they didn't plan on canceling unless there was an official word. But now the official word has been sent out like, oh, this stuff probably won't be happening for a while. So yeah, Comic-Con has been canceled. Now, what will happen because of that? Will it be postponed? We're not sure. Is there the option of maybe online? Of course. But at, at the moment, there hasn't been any words into it. Um, I believe they are handing out refunds for advanced passes at the moment. Um, so, yeah. We'll see what happens from there. And in quick trailer news, um, the trailer for Capone, starring Tom Hardy, directed by Trust Trank, who directed Chronicle and Fan Stick. Also known as Fan Four Stick. Uh, fan, see, I can't. The movie was bad. I can't. Fantastic Four, the latest one with Miles Teller, Kate Mara, um, Michael B. Jordan, blah, blah blah. The one that not that was kind of trash, bro. But I'm not gonna get into that. But anyway, yes, it's Capone follows Al Capone, of course, but it's more in his like kind of like later years where he started to get dementia and all that, and I think people are trying to find his hitting his hitting gold where they where he hit it. The trailer looks kind of trippy. I feel it's going to play a lot. It looks kind of dreamy in a sense, too. It's going to play a lot. I feel it's going to play a lot on Capone's dementia, what he's, like, experiencing and stuff like that. So also kind of weird and random, considering that, like, I did, I haven't really heard much of it since I heard, first saw, like, a picture of Tom Hardy and the Capone makeup. Like, a, maybe I feel maybe sometime last year, maybe even 2018. So, yeah, for it to just, poof, come out here. Now, um, there was no, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think there was a date attached to it. And at this point, who knows if it'd be like a theater release. Um, because honestly, I feel I'd probably give it a shot, I'd probably watch it. 
I got some interest in it, but I feel like it'd probably just be a, if it, like, I don't know if I'd want to go to the theater to watch it. I feel if it were to drop the streaming, like an Amazon thing, then yeah, I'd probably watch it, but I don't think I'd go to the theater to watch it. Uh, but yeah. But anyway, that wraps up our quick bites, quick little stories, and let's move in into our, to our, our final segments of the podcast. Alrighty then, our final segment of the podcast, where we go over what I've been watching as of late. Um, I watched, of course, a couple movies. TV show, you might hear me talk about a TV show every now and then, but it just depends. I mean, currently, I'm in the middle of a little dicky show, Dave, that's still ongoing. So, of course, maybe maybe at the end. So, I'm not, I'm not really talking about it because I'm in the middle of it. Although, granted... Maybe when it's over, I'll bring I'll bring it up and say like, oh yeah, I just finished it. Here's what I thought about it. Because currently, I believe it's a really funny show. I'm really enjoying it, and it gets surprisingly deep at some moments. And some moments it gets surprisingly deep, especially episodes five and six, which deal heavy into like, well, I don't want to spoil it, but it, it gets heavy, and I really kept, and I really felt for. I really I like I felt it. I was in the feels for those two episodes. But either way, it's a really good show. It's really funny, little dicky, hilarious. But some people hate it. They don't like Little Dicky, but you know what? It is what it is. It depends on your view of them, I guess. But anyway, TV show-wise, yeah, I'm in the middle of watching Dave. I'm currently in the middle of season two of the Harley Quinn cartoon. Uh, uh, I got to get around to Watchmen. Well, uh, I told myself, you know what? I'm going to read Watchmen and then watch the show. But the only worry I have is, like, watch me read the, watch me read Watchmen. Watch me get finished with... The, with Watchmen the novel would then watch the show and then miss all the references you know what I mean so I feel like eh, should I read it or not I don't know but at some point I'm gonna get around to that I'm debating whether or not to get back into the outsider I started watching it but then I wasn't keeping up with it so I kind of like fell out of it um I gotta get into devs which is a show on FX well now streaming on Hulu um which is a new a new thing from Alex Garland, who was in charge of like Annihilation and uh, Ex Machina. Great, great sci-fi movies, especially Annihilation. I really loved Annihilation. So they were like, "Hey, he's got a show on FX, and it looks to be pretty trippy, sci-fi-ish." And I was like, "Damn," because it's not like out out like sci-fi. That's like, oh, that's way out there, and you're like, "Oh, like that's like we'll never see something like that." But it's like, like I guess like not factual, but it's more. I don't want to say highbrow either, like primer or some shit, but it's but like it has you thinking, like it's more more thoughtful. Well, not yeah, it's more thoughtful, more it it makes you think. So yeah, so I'm in the middle of Dave, in the middle of Harley Quinn. I'm probably gonna get around to Watchmen at some point. I'm gonna get around to Devs, hopefully sometime soon. I might go back into Chernobyl, which I haven't watched, but eh. um, so yeah, I know I'm not gonna watch Tiger King because it doesn't interest me. Um, I've heard so many people talk about it that I, I get some of the memes because of what I've heard and stuff, but no, it doesn't, that stuff, that stuff doesn't really interest me. Um, so yeah, no, I'm not going to watch Tiger King. <laughs> but anyway, movie-wise though, I had a, I had a pretty good, pretty good week movie-wise. Um, I started off with the 1988 film, I Stand Alone, which is Gaspar Noé's first movie, technically, because he shot a short film before it, and then... His first one, this one, it was a continuation of it. Technically, his first, like, debut movie, I guess. And um, 
it's not and well i feel it's an e sort of an easier sit through sort of an easy oh yeah kind of like a sort of sort of an easier movie to sit through than his other like his later works but it's but it's heavy subject matter it's been this it's been deemed a disturbing movie but i don't i don't think much so for it's not really much for violence but more in the sense of like the subject matter and that it follows his butcher was like not really content with his life <laughs> he hates a lot of things he hates his wife he hates it. he hates her mom he hates life in general he hates his existence so it's very heavy and like i guess suicidal talk um like fuck the world type shit but i okay it's hard to talk about disturbing movies because there's some i've seen quite a bit in my time and there's some that i'm like don't i actually kind of like that movie um like a hard to recommend like uh irreversible which is gasper no the film after this one after the, yeah the one for this that was hella controversial as well because uh for one it has a I, I don't know is it a spoiler i guess kind of if you don't know already spoiler 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 if you it's a spoiler you know leave no leave you don't want to hear a spoiler leave but uh, there's a 10-minute rape scene in that movie. And you can't just go around <laughs> saying, like, hey, this movie's, pretty, this movie's pretty cool. I think you should watch it. Oh, really? Cool, yeah. And then have them think you're the prey piece of shit because it, it was ter- terrible. But no, I really, I, I, I personally really enjoy Gaspar Noe's work. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by his, idea, or his ideas towards life and stuff, towards, like, religion and things like that. So, yeah. I've seen pretty. I've yeah. I've seen about all his movies, except for one that he released at Can at Cons last year, but I don't know if that one. I don't think that one's available. But yeah, and then he's had like little things where like they were like shorts, part of like it's like a part of like anthology stuff. But yeah, but pretty much after this, I saw all of it. This one, yeah, it's just heavy subject matter, really heavy subject matter, and it does get a little violent at some points, especially near the end, and I guess. And like as if I posted this to like my story with what I when I was watching it, but you know you're in for some shit when the movie tells you like gives you thirty seconds to like leave. <laughs> but this is it comes before the climax of the movie, and right before the third act, like like yeah no yeah the climax of the movie, there's like a, a warning a warning card comes up giving you thirty seconds to stop watching, and and then and then like the last five is like danger 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 danger. And then it, and then it goes on, but yeah, it's it's really heavy subject matter. But I'll this and irreversible are like the one are like the ones where I'm like I'm not gonna recommend like I would love to recommend them, but they're very like uneasy, uncomfortable watches to get through. But I I I love the movies. His later works are kind of well. Enter the Void is a little more. It's a, it's a, it's more trippy and more not reflective, but more abstract you could say mm. it's, it's it's not as violent it's a little more sec on the sexual side for sure uh but it's more like a like ideas on the afterlife and stuff like that that one that one i would say is hard to recommend because it's not entirely a plot and it's like a lot of like just going around and shit if that makes sense but th- that one's kind of hard to recommend in that sense love is hard to recommend in the sense that that one's very, very sexual. Um, you want a taste of how sexual it is? There is a 
originally this movie came out in 3D when it when it was at cons. And there's a scene where a a fully erect penis aimed at the camera ejaculates and it's supposed to come out like if it were in 3D. <laughs> yeah. So there's just an example. Um so yeah. But that one's hard to recommend in the sense of like, oh yeah, there's a lot of sex in this movie. And then climax. I feel it's slightly easier to recommend, but it's just that also that one's not really much of a plot either. It's more like a drug fueled trip, <laughs> a horror, a horror, a, a, tr- a drug fueled trip that turns into like a horror, a horror movie afterwards. But I love that. I really love that movie. And plus, the soundtrack on the movie fucking slaps, man. And I mean, slaps. Anyway, moral of the story I really like Gaspar Noah's films. Anyway, moving on. I also watched Bloodsport. That was just, hey, I, I'm more, I was more. People might like Schwarzenegger or Stallone or all, or you know, but I'm I'm more of a Van Damme kid. I like Van Damme, so Bloodsport, classic. I had to watch it. Just chilling. <clears throat> In news of the Criterion Collection, Bruce Lee thing. I watched Fist of Fury. Um, great movie, great action scenes. Um, also a subtle, not too subtle. A uh, form of Chinese nationalism, <laughs> but that's that you can look that up on your own. I'm not gonna get into. That. I'm not gonna get into politics. There's that. And then I was on a. I was in. A, I was craving some Jet Li. So contract hitman, aka contract killer, where it's him. He's like, yeah, a contract killer, and they gotta stop this like assassin dude or some shit. I think I don't remember. And then meltdown, aka high risk, which is basically die hard but with Jet Li in it. And what's funny about these two movies is how surprisingly little time Jet Li's there. Well, more in, more in Meltdown because he's there. He gets his moments, but it feels more heavily. Like, he's not, like, the main, main character. He's just, like, a side character or some shit. But he's, like, project, he's, he's, he's advertised on the screen and shit. By the way, yeah, so Jet Li. And then this one is probably on a harder recommend movie as well. But not because it's disturbing. It's just weird as hell. It's just weird as fuck. And it's called Wrong. That's all it is. Wrong. It's called Wrong. Directed by Quentin Dupieux. Dupieux? Dupieux? D-U-P-I-E-U-X? I don't know what to say. I'm sorry, bro. Quentin, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> but this movie, uh, he also directed a movie called Rubber, which was, this, it was the story of a, of a killer, of a tire that goes on a, a killing spree. Yes, you heard me right. A tire that goes on a killing spree. And what's funny about that movie is that, also, it's, random as fuck <laughs> there's like there's a there's like a rough pop but there's so much random shit that goes on and you're just questioning like what the hell am i watching but i love i love that type of stuff so wrong showed up and recommended and i was like and it was the same dude and i was like oh all right i guess the main i guess the basic story is that this guy loses his dog and he wants to find his dog but there's so much other shit that happens that has nothing to do at all with the plot of the movie it's just shit that it's just happening, you know. It's just there. Like for example, and this is a spoiler. No, it's not. Really, uh, kind of. Well, he has a gardener. There's a gardener in the movie. Well, it's not really a spoiler because the fucking movie goes into weird places that you wouldn't expect anyway. So I don't think it matters. But anyway, I guess mild spoiler. Um, but he has a gardener. The main character has a gardener, and the gardener shows up one day and is like, "Yo." He's planting a palm tree in the back because some, because early on the palm tree that he had before turned into a pine tree, 
And it's like, I don't know how to turn it into a pine tree, but I can fix it for you. Put another palm tree. Takes the pine tree out, comes, plants the palm tree. And then he's trying to leave. He feels all nervous. He gives a message to his bo- the main character guy. And it's like, hey, did this. Has a, and then he's not feeling good. He's kind of shaking. Uh, main character goes in, grabs a glass of water, gives to give it to the gardener. Gardener's in an ambulance. Turns out he died of a heart attack. <laughs> Dies of a heart attack. And then, like, maybe, like, 10, 15 minutes later, the gardener comes back like nothing happened. And it's never brought up as to, like, oh, like, <laughs> he's just alive now? It's, like, it's just random shit. And, like I said, the main, the like, the, the loose leaf plot of it is that, yeah, this guy lost his dog and he needs to find his dog. And there's so much random shit. And I say hard to recommend because I think it's funny as hell. I think it's funny. It's weird. It's quirky. Eh, not quirky, but it's just weird and funny. But you can't just rent, give that to someone like, hey, watch this. And they'd be like, dude, I don't know what the fuck that was about. And this one was kind of ass. I mean, I didn't know what that was going on. All this weird shit was happening. So it's like, I just, I just can't go around recommending. But if you do recommend, if I do, I, I do recommend you go see this. Um, oh, I Stand Alone. I'm not sure if it's streaming. It might be like on Amazon and stuff like that. Bloodsport is for free on YouTube right now. Um, also on Tubi. Shout out to Tubi. I will uh, plug Tubi as long as I find good shit on it, bro. Get off my dick about it. But yeah, plus, uh, Bloodsport's on Tubi. Fist of Fury, probably 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 on Amazon or something, but also on Tubi as well. Uh, Hitman, for free on YouTube right now. Probably on some service like Amazon or some shit. Meltdown, also for free on YouTube. Uh, maybe somewhere on streaming service as well. Wrong, also on YouTube, for free on YouTube, but also on Tubi. Uh, so there's that. And then Nosferatu, as I mentioned earlier, the YouTube channel Alter, which is mainly horror-based, uh, is doing their horror, horror through history, where they're every Friday they're showing a different movie of a different time period to get it, like, like just, you know, how horror has evolved for the years. And they kicked it off with Nosferatu, which came out in 1922. They kicked it off with that this Friday. Uh, honestly, it was my, my first time watching it. Um, like, probably many kids... Probably like many people my age, our introduction to Nosferatu was the episode of the hash slinging slasher episode of SpongeBob where SpongeBob Squidward had to work the night shift and there was like weird shit going on and there was that one guy standing in front of this Chrissy Crab all weird and shit and then in the end they learned that it was just a normal guy and then every all the weird incidents were like scientifically explained and they're like wait a minute if you're not turning on the lights then who is and then it cuts to like the most random abrupt cut of Nosferatu standing in a doorway, <laughs> flipping the light, flipping with messing with the light switch. Well, like looking back on it now, I think it's funny, and the 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 reference flew over my head. I pretty as I'm pretty sure it did for a lot of kids because who the fuck expects fucking Nosferatu, the living vampire himself, to just bloop, bloop, in the SpongeBob episode? So yeah, did it scar me as a kid? Kind of, but that was my first introduction to him. I don't know who the fuck that was. They were just like, oh, Nosferatu. And it's like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> anyway, so it was my first time watching the movie. Um, really cool. Oh, to most people nowadays, they might think it's boring or something, but I think it's really cool, really interesting to see how horror, yeah, how horror has evolved since then. Um, I wonder how scary, like, like, was this, like, scary back then? Like, was that, like, the, was that, like, was that, like, the hereditary of that era? Like, did it scare people, like, shitless or something? So there's that. And then uh, more recently, I caught the new animated Mortal Kombat Legend Scorpion's Revenge. Um, it's a nice short one, hour 20. 
um, from a WB animation, Warner Bros. Animation, who do the like the DC animated stuff, like uh, The Killing Joke, Constantine, City of Demons, Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Flashpoint Paradox, all that stuff. So I was hyped when they were like, oh yeah, they're going to do that. I was like, oh shit. And yes, it's glorious how um, fatality, well, yeah, fatalities throughout the whole thing, x-ray attacks, everything you'd probably want from a Mortal Kombat movie. Or like a, yeah, like a Mortal Kombat like movie, it's there, and I think I think it's a bloody good time. And also, I rewatched Parasite, the Oscar-winning, Best Picture-winning movie of this year, great-ass movie. And I thought I would have watched it more times by now, but no, this was my second time watching it. My first time was back in September. I was able to get a hold of it. It wasn't here. It wasn't here in Omaha yet, but I was able to get a, a hold a hold of it. But yeah. I fucking love the movie. It's really great. Really well done. A masterclass in editing and directing and acting, cinematography, production design. It's such a great movie. But you probably heard all the great shit about it. So I'm not going to go on about it. But yes, if you haven't seen it somehow, go watch that movie. Don't be like the ignorant YouTubers who are like, oh, fuck this movie. Joker should have won Best Picture because it talked about this, this, and this. Even though damn well, Parasite talked about it as well. And the, or be like Donald Trump who sits down and music should have won an Oscar. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. But yeah, those are the movies. That's what I've been watching. Hopefully I'll get some more movies in this week. What am I watching this week? I'm not sure. Oh, I might catch uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, which came out of Sundance earlier this year. I heard it's a really good drama. Um, really good intimate drama. So I'm excited to watch that. Um plan on watching we summon the darkness which is a newer horror horror comedy or just horror i want to say horror comedy starring as alexandria the dodrio um i think it'll be cool to see do i have anything else? well besides my watch list that i have a couple movies uh to scratch off but yeah i got some things so hopefully some things planned um so that so that about cuts it here for up at 3 a.m i'm glad that you're still here if you're following me, if you follow me along, I appreciate you. I thank you for this. Um, as for upcoming episodes, like I said, I still had all those other ideas: the Resident Evil review slash reflection, um, the Final Destination, uh, talking about that and the reflection on that, uh, the Death Sentence one. Well, how is, I think it's an underrated film and probably the perfect form or adaptation of Death Wish. Um, so yeah, I might work on those. That might be coming, that might come as a bonus episode sometime this week. Um, another thing I've considered talking about is, um, some movies that changed my life or have had a significant impact on me. I think that'd be an interesting one to do. Um, also maybe I was thinking maybe giving a, a an eye into my creative process, some projects that I'm working on currently at the moment. Or like how I prepare for this podcast or something like that, some like behind the scenes. Although I feel like it might be somewhat pointless because I don't feel I haven't like grown that much of a base yet. And because honestly, I feel I think the only people listening are like me, you know. But I'm doing this because it gives me something to do. It gets takes my mind off things that I'm not just sitting in a a dark cloud of thought. I'm actually like doing something. I'm talking about something that I love that I enjoy. If no one listens, that's then fine. It doesn't matter. It's like my way of getting getting my voice out there, even if no one's listening. But but yeah, so 
So upcoming, like I said, Resident Evil, maybe Death Sentence, maybe Fascination, probably at some point. The Extreme Violence one won't be for a while. I already told, I already explained in detail as to why. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll do a life changing movie thing. Maybe I'll do a creative process thing. But I don't know. Um, as I said in Parasite, the best plan is no plan at all. Which is it a slightly jaded look on life? Eh, kinda, but I, I I really connect with that idea. The best plan is no plan at all. That's because no matter what life throws at you, it's never going to go according to plan. <laughs> Usually, you know? So, there's that. So, yeah. Uh, follow me on my social medias. Um, I'm on Instagram at Paco Salazar42. Uh, YouTube at Francisco Salazar. Um, uh, sure. If you, want, if you have any ideas for a podcast episode, if you want to be on my podcast, you wanna, if you would just want to chill, We'll find something to talk about, maybe movie-wise, or we can just chill and talk about, we'll just cut the shit and talk about whatever. You can hit me up, like I said, in my Instagram DMs, or email me at francisco42salazar at gmail.com. Uh, you can shoot me ideas there. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think that's what, I'm, I'm still considering whether or not to get a letterbox account set up, so there's that. But yeah, I'm on Instagram, hit me up on my email, I'm on YouTube, um, got some good shit coming that way hopefully sometime this week i got i got some little skits planned because my my actual short movie idea is kind of postponed at the moment well i have ways of working around it but at the moment it's probably postponed for now but yeah so yeah this is i appreciate um any support from you guys it's really cool um i might activate uh there's this uh Options to leave for review listeners to leave voice messages. I might activate that option sometime soon. But yeah, I'm just here in my room doing this for you guys. Just, you know, just cutting the shit for about an hour, a little more maybe. But yeah, I'm gl- if you're here listening, I appreciate you. I thank you. Like I said, hit me up if you have any idea, if you want to be on the podcast. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate it. And I hope, uh, well, till next week, I guess. So hear the music. Coming to you from the glorious 402, it is your boy Paco signing off on another excellent episode of Up at 3 a.m. Diving into everything entertainment news from film to TV, maybe some reviews, give you a rant or two. A guest can come on for all I know, but it's late and I'm tired as hell, and that's my cue for me to leave. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, keep it steady.